Welcome to Digital Marketing ROI, the podcast that connects marketing to your business's revenue and covers everything you need to know to stay up to date in this crazy digital marketing world. Welcome back to Digital Marketing ROI. I'm Shannon Allen, your host, and I'm joined today by Crystal Vivian, who is my Director of Social Management and Content Marketing. How you doing, Crystal? I'm doing great. How are you, Shannon? I am good. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of first-party data and why you want to be including it in your marketing strategy. Absolutely. It's a big conversation right now with the the death of the cookie, which we've been talking yes. about feels yes. like for a very long time now. But now it's kind of like make or break. Like exactly. now is the time where you really have to get on this before you get left behind. Exactly. Yep. Can you explain what is first-party data? Because I think... It's a buzzword, but maybe not everybody knows what that means. Absolutely. So basically, first-party data is the information that companies will collect about their customers directly from those kind of interactions. So whether that be online, offline, it could be in-store, it can be any of those things. So some of the main sources, just looking at first-party data from website traffic or activity, if you have a mobile app, that can be first-party data. 100% email database is a great form of your first-party data. Oh. When somebody opts in that they want to hear more from your newsletter, text clubs, you know, in 2023, texting is a great way for us to communicate and collect that first-party data. Point-of-sale systems is part of that. Anything with a business's CRM. And that's really where all this data goes usually is into somebody's CRM. So you can decide what you're going to do with it. And then we'll talk a little bit about customer feedback and reviews as a form of first-party data. And then next week, I'm going to kind of tease a little bit. We're going to talk more about how you can use contesting and surveys to collect first party data yourself to generate as leads. Okay. So we're going to next week, we'll, we'll, we'll tease about that at the end. But that's another form of first party data, just to give our listeners an example. So it sounds like a lot of this first party data is information that you're intentionally collecting about your customers, but also some of it is stuff that you're automatically collecting or maybe passively collecting and not realizing it, like the point of sale system information. Absolutely. So absolutely. So for instance, I was um, just at Best Buy. I was uh, buying a present for my nephew's graduation. I can tell you now it was a laptop. He's not going to listen to this and be, he won't (laughs) know yet, but I bought him a laptop. But of course they're collecting my data, right? They're Mm -hmm. asking me if I want to sign up for information. Do I want know about sales. The minute I say yes and I opt in, they've collected some information about me, right? And then the first thing I'm going to get from them is an email asking what type of things I like to purchase for them. So that's just a very basic example that I think we've all, you know, we've signed up for an email or newsletter. So email is a great way to collect that data information for most businesses. Some of the biggest problems with collecting that data is companies don't always know how to utilize the first party data for their marketing strategy. Mm, Okay. Let's talk about that then. Like, why is that first party data so valuable? So you already mentioned the death of the cookie. So the, with the death of the cookie, that's really on the programmatic side, right? When when everything, which, you know, we've talked about this, the death of the cookie really already happened. And for those listeners that are wondering why it's so valuable, um, the cookies is the way that we would use programmatic display marketing um, for so long to target consumers, there are still ways around not utilizing the cookie anymore because it's kind of a an outdated way to target consumers. We are utilizing a lot more first-party data for that, utilizing single sign-on. So mm-hmm. if you ever went to go sign on to something and it says, do you want to use your Facebook account or your Google account, right? Absolutely. It's my favorite way to sign up because so simple. it's one less step, Absolutely. one less password I have to remember. I love it. 
So that's kind of a, a way around of saying, yes, I'm giving my permission. I'm giving you my first party information. I'm saying, yes, I give you permission to use my sign on. So now what you don't realize is you're you're agreeing to being targeted and being put back into that third party targeting system. But it's all done through first party. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. Because it's well, it's part of their terms of service that you, nobody ever service. looks at. Absolutely. So is that kind of why I've been seeing a lot, you know, we've been seeing for years notices when we go to websites, oh, opt out of cookies or opt Correct. out of our optional cookies. I've been seeing a lot lately that it's we use first and third party cookies. Absolutely. hundred percent. So it's really from a privacy standpoint, what, um, what business owners need to do anymore is to make sure that they're following all the privacy laws, but they're also getting the opportunity to start to collect that first party data and not just collect it and say, yes, you can use my single sign on. But the real goal of business owners is to start to understand what their customers and their consumers want from them what type of information they need, right? So if you are, and I'll use Big C Lumber as an example because they're one of our you know, great customers. They worked with us on a contest where they were able to put surveys out to all their you know, clientele as well as anybody that wanted to join this giveaway. And within that contest, they were asking, are you going to be doing a bathroom remodel? Are you going to be doing a roofing project? Are you going to put a new deck on? So they were starting to utilize that information from their new consumers and existing clients to gather all that data to really give them the information that they want. So the value, so back to your original question, is why is first-party data so valuable? It gives me that one-on-one opportunity, if I'm a business owner, to then send them an email or send them something in the mail or target them with a display ad on decks if they're interested in more information on building a deck. So it's a lot more of a personal buying experience. Much more personal, which is what digital is. Yeah. It's like the, uh, you know, it used to be you'd walk into the store and it's like, oh, well, they know your name because you shop there so much. But now you just experience that online. Absolutely. And and there's more things besides contesting that you can do to collect that data. But that's just one way that, you know, we'll talk about really next week when Ryan Williams joins us, who is our director of contesting, that will talk to us a little bit more about great ways to collect first party data. But when it comes to value of all of this, it really comes back to your marketing strategy is you have to have a plan of what you're going to do when you start to collect that data. You don't want to just collect it and let it sit there. And that happens so often that businesses have a plan to collect it, Mm -hmm. but they don't have part two of that plan, which is what am I going to do once I've collected the data? So that Big C Lumber example is really powerful. What are some other ways that businesses can, if they're evaluating their first party data, that they can start using that to create their marketing strategy? So they can do things themselves from a survey. You don't always have to do a giveaway. Um, You can use a, a text club to do a push to ask their clients, what's the most valuable product we sell to you? What are your shopping habits? What's coming up? You can do this through email. You can do this through text. You can do this through a form fill on your website. You can do this through a social post, right? Any information that you can start asking your clients, your consumers to, if they would give more feedback and what they want to hear more of, what do they want to hear from you on, that's going to tell you what you should be putting into your marketing, whether that be a radio commercial, a TV commercial, streaming video, you know, OTT, all of that information is going to give more insight to the business owner so that they really can just do a really good job with their marketing strategy. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes the hardest thing that I find with some of our clients is coming up with what they want to, what message they want to put when they're targeting somebody, right? Oh yeah. 
So if if you if Bixie Lumber, for example, hears from a lot of consumers that they're really struggling with what to do with their decks, whether they need to have, can I stain it again? I have a wood deck. Do I need to use my weather? You know, the weather all. I'm going to say that wrong. What's what's the what's the deck material that you? Oh, the composite decking. The composite decking. Yeah. Yes. So you know, what's the upgrade? What's the benefit of that? So if they're hearing from their consumers that they want to know more about that, and they have a great blog. And they start talking to them about that. That's all first-party data that they're getting from them. Then in their marketing message during that season, we really want to talk about the same questions and answer those questions in the marketing strategy, right? So whether that be in a video, kind of like a do-it-yourself, what you can do, what an upgrade looks like, a before and after picture, all of that is just kind of your blueprint on how to market, not only right now, but season to season. That's really powerful. So you get to make more informed marketing decisions that's based on actual consumer behavior and not just what you think might work this year, what you think people are interested in. That's really powerful. It, re- it kind of puts a lot of power into the consumer. It does. And I would say this is my warning to business owners right now. You don't want to put too much out there. You want to be selective. You know, Take a look at all the products you sell or offer and narrow down what is really your top profitability, what you really want to target. You never want to say, well, this is a product nobody's buying and then try to target that. But in a survey or in when you're asking consumers questions, make sure you list all the products and services you offer so that you can find out like what, you know, maybe there's a reason why something that you sell doesn't sell a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, those are the questions you can find out. And the contesting and the giveaway, like I said, we're going to talk more about that in the next podcast. That really gives insight into what, why people shop the way that they do. But mm-hmm. you do usually have to give something away. You have to do some kind of contest or giveaway. And it doesn't always have to have anything to do with your business. It can be, you know, a $500 shopping spree to Amazon. Right. Absolutely. Just depends on, and I'm sure that you and Ryan will talk more about that, but that's really powerful. So let's bring this back to what we're here to talk about, which is ROI. Absolutely. So what is the digital ROI when it comes to first party data? So ultimately the tracking, the reviewing, um, the first party data is really key for improving your one-on-one interactions. So this is what digital marketing is all about. So instead of the old school marketing strategy of pushing out that single message to a broad audience, now we get to learn more about who your audience is and target them with the right message that will get to them and have them really become a paying customer and not only a paying customer, but a recurring customer, because that's really what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Is that recurring revenue and bringing consumers back with that loyalty loop. So better targeting increases the ROI of your marketing budget and who doesn't love that? That that's what we're here for, right? Absolutely. You get to spend less money and have people have your super fans spend more money over and over again. And not just spend money with you, but then also tell their friends because it's like, oh, where did you get that shirt or where did you get your car detailed at or, oh, this deck is beautiful. Where did you get this lumber? Exactly. And those recommendations are great. So again, this was really part one. So part two, uh, Ryan Williams will be joining me on the next Thursday podcast in two weeks to talk about another way, which is contesting of a really valuable way to grow your leads through first party data. And we're going to dig in a little deeper, maybe give some case studies. So I think our listeners will be really excited to hear some different ways that they can collect their first party data with, you know, something that we can think outside the box for them, help them with. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sounds like a great time. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody. This is, I'm Shannon Allen with my co-host Crystal Vivian, and this is Digital Marketing ROI.
You've been listening to Digital Marketing ROI from Federated Digital Solutions. Do you have an idea for a future episode or a burning digital marketing question? Text ROI to 45364 to get a link where you can share your idea. Subscribe to get new episodes every other Thursday, plus Tip Tuesday insights every week. Podcasts by Federated Media.